Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, They've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for my reparations. I need my shit. Dope knife, Mariah P. Y'all know what team it is. She hit the layup. I might toss the mean assist. Y'all want the flavor? Then don't trip. Just think of this. This episode, you're gonna acknowledge what it means. Celebrated Father's Day, and now it's homage to the Queens. Queen Latifah, need respect. Don't forget about me, a ex. Rod Digger, no name. If you wanna see him flex, if you plan to stay, Kathy and Alea be our guest. Been waiting on reparations. Start handing me my check. Yeah, yeah. It's like this and like that. Dope knife all lay, but my mama call me Mac. I'm yeah. a horse of a different color. I'm fly. I'm Pegasus. I'm born for excellence because my chromosomes got a second X in it. And I don't think it's an accident that in Athens I'm the best there is. And happen to have all this extra estrogen. Woo! She kind of feminine. She must be psycho. You're kind of right, though. I'm David's bridal. I'm taking my doll. The way a rhyme makes rhyme make his cakes and potholes shut. Quick as the mind of an ape with faith in the rival hand. Even my worthy adversary scurry Chris has heard of it. I'm fairly obscure, but I'm sure you heard of Miss P. A to the RK to the ER. The ER is where I put every beat that I'd be on. Hey, hey, what's going on? Yo, what's good, people? This is Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. So, how you doing? Yo, um, I I went through an ordeal yesterday. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, so the 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 long background is that in the wake of a lot of the gun violence that I've been referencing um, in the show, just kind of talking about what's been going on in the neighborhood, um, a lot of people have been stepping up to like sort of form organizations or launch programs for the youth because some of the people who have been involved in these shootings, either as suspects or victims, have been very young, young as fifteen years old. And so a lot of people are just stepping up for the young people, trying to, you know, get them involved in leisure services activities from the government or launch their own, like, tutoring programs and getting kids jobs, et cetera. And so this one group I've been working with, um, Save the Youth, had the idea of purchasing a city bus to transport kids around to different activities in town and then have as, like, a mobile 
portable um, hangout spot. Like put some PlayStations in there, just post it up on the block and have a spot kids can come hang out in instead of like running the streets by themselves. So um, we bought the city bus uh, like two weeks ago. And um, the plan had been that uh, my partner, Paul, and this dude, Donald, this this other guy that rolls with them, were going to go down and pick it up yesterday. So they had plane tickets. They, I drove them to the airport at like 6 o'clock in the morning. And they missed their flights. <gasps> so Damn. we were like, well, we're already an hour and a half. It's only another four hours to Florida where the bus is. So we just drove down and got it. And then... Um, we got it, picked it up, drove it back. It was, tro- it was like a tropical rainstorm, but other than that, it was fine. Um, so we got to Macon. The bus broke down in Macon. <laughs> and so we hung out in Macon for like four hours trying to figure out what to do. Around what time was that? That was around, we got to Macon around 8.30. Oh. So we were in Macon for like four hours. Finally just decided to get it towed back to Athens at like midnight. And so we got back here at, I got everything wrapped up, including I had to like go to it and find an ATM to pay the tow truck person at like four o'clock this morning. Oh, so we got home at like four. So I was in the, in the car or otherwise dealing with like bus stuff yeah. for like 22 hours yesterday. <laughs> for the love of the children, for the love of the children. You know, I really believe a lot in this project. I think it's a great idea. Um, I just definitely did not intend, you know, like I had a whole day planned yesterday and then it was like, well, nope, I am driving to Florida, I guess. <laughs> so that has been my, that has been my saga. And that is uh, how I, I mean, I even, I want to be like, well, you know, at least everything got taken care of in the end, but that's a hell of a ordeal though. <laughs> so. Yeah, we got to get the alternator tuned up, I guess, on the bus so that I can be mobile again or like, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, there were many things that were still left to be done with the bus anyway, like, you know, getting it uh, wrapped with something cool. And like we were t- planning on converting it to like biofuel so we can get like d- restaurant donation grease to like uh, fuel it. So it would be cheaper to fuel and like teach kids about sustainability, all this stuff. So now there's just one extra thing on the list. But unfortunately, had a little bad news in the family. Uh, a uncle of mine in Liberia had passed away. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, there's a a new strain of COVID that's going around in Liberia that's causing some damage. As a matter of fact, it's oh, happening really? in a couple African countries. Just a you know, a word to the people out there. You know, what I'm saying not to push anything, but you know, you should go and get vaccinated because. That's like literally the reason why is the stuff mutating and changing and new strains and stuff like that. So get yourself it's, taken yeah, care of. Yeah, and it's all. it's truly a privilege to have the opportunity to get vaccinated. There's exactly, so many countries exactly. in the global south. <laughs> like people in other parts of the world are like hoping that they could get vaccinated and shit and you know. Right, so. yeah, who don't even have vaccines available. And like, yeah, cases are up in a lot of parts of Africa, I've heard. Well, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, yeah, it's 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 sad, but it's you know it's life. Um, but let's get into some more positive things because we have a pretty jam-packed episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about women in hip hop, the impact they have, and to talk about that, we're going to be chatting with author of the book "God Save the Queen." Which is a fantastic, fantastic book, by the way. I really recommend it. Yeah. It's God Save the Queens, The Essential History of Women in Hip Hop. Uh, Author uh, Kathy Andley. And uh, we're going to have her on in a little bit. But before we do, you know, I I was the one who 
was primarily on this interview. Unfortunately, Mariah didn't get a chance to be there, which I really wish I she know, could. I, I felt, know, I know, I would have loved I felt, talking I mean, it was just a matter of like, a, you know, circumstance and scheduling and stuff, but it's like, I felt definitely kind of like, you know, man, I would have loved to hear the two of you guys go back and forth in this topic. But at the end of the day, I think we had a pretty good uh, conversation that you guys are about to hear. But what are some of your thoughts, uh, Mariah, about like, first of all, just like the trajectory that women have had in hip hop, both on the mic and behind it, you know what I'm saying? And how's that changed or evolved in just even your time of like being in the game, let alone like the history of the whole thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like I was somewhat of a late bloomer with my own hip hop career just because of like the way that women are treated in the industry. Like I grew up feeling like I didn't have any hip, like female hip hop role models, despite, you know, kind of listening to folks like Missy Elliott, um, but I think it's because of like the 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 prominence or lack thereof that like female hip hop artists have tended to hold within the mainstream industry, like who who um, labels like elevate and like you know who is seen as like the main stars, et cetera. So despite the fact that there have always been there always been really robust representation within hip hop culture for women since its inception. I think when that sort of like gets filtered through like the corporate music landscape, uh, a lot of it gets filtered out. And so um, it wasn't until I got older that I um, you know, started making music myself. But it's interesting, like the double-edged sword of, you know, even still like being a female hip hop artist. And I'm sure there's a number of other like identity intersections where people are like, you rap, like what? In addition to being female, like, which I think is the main thing when people find out I rap and like, you know, never mind. They're like, what? But, uh, you know, we, we had our battle rap episode recently and a lot of that, you know, uh, being a part of that culture, um, just being subjected to and just like an easy target of a lot of misogynist attacks in good. And you could say in good fun or whatever, but um, being but the, pretty much the only the only female battle rapper in the scene when I was doing my thing. Um, it experienced just a lot of like just had a good tough skin around like my gender identity with that regard um and oh but otherwise just interpersonally in the scene dealing with a lot of misogyny like uh just like i guess that's the assumption like dudes trying to hit on me and stuff like that where it's just like i want you i want your respect as an artist i like want you to respect my music um, I don't want to feel pressured to like look a certain way in order to like get your attention on stage. I just want to be who I am. And so some considerations that I think male artists don't always face. But on the flip side, um, I think that the novelty of being like one of the only female rappers, pretty in the battle rap scene in Athens and back in like 2016, 2017, uh, was actually like a boon. Like it had the reverse effect of what I experienced as a kid with regards to like the female media blackout within the music industry, where it was like, oh snap, let's book that girl. Um, like I feel like I got more opportunities than like the male artists of whom there were so many. They were almost impossible to differentiate. Like, oh, there's like so many dudes out here, but let's get that one girl, you know, to play the show, to do this thing, etc. So to, to, to an extent, it was actually a benefit to me um, as well. So it's just a mixed bag, honestly. Um, and I try to be really upfront up about the, I guess, like, I don't want to call it privilege, but like the, 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 some of the ease with which I was able to like get opportunities because of my gender, because like, I don't want, I don't, 
I just think it's dangerous to always construe gender as like a, a like a form of oppression necessarily. Where it's like in some instances actually it benefited me, and like I want to be very real about that. Um, where even though perhaps interpersonally in the scene and otherwise, I had to put up a lot of shit from people that just like didn't respect women on the artistry side of things. So do you think that um, some of the advantages that you feel that you got, do you think that was a circumstance of the time period that you're in and that you're active in? Like, do you think it, it and I think kind so of, too. Yeah. Like, I if, mean, you, to- if you were like the only female rapper in the battle scene in Athens in like 1995, do you think it, those advantages still would have existed in that same way? No, no, I don't. I mean, and because I think I think today. I mean, like, I haven't looked at the numbers. This is totally anecdotal, but from my experience of hip hop music, it does seem like there are a lot more prominent female hip hop artists today than there were when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, more than I can count on one hand. You know, we got like Nicki Minaj, one of the best sellers um, in the industry. Meg Stallion. Meg Stallion. Yeah, like, there's so many, and there and and genre blending too. Folks that sort of bring in so people like Beyonce and their delivery in their music. It's increasingly popular for her to like take on like a hip hop, like a rapper's affect in some of her songs because it's like yeah. being normalized that like being a woman that raps is cool. I think we've talked about that Beyonce thing before. I still say Beyonce be spitting. Beyonce be spitting. <laughs> I don't know who writes her lyrics. I hope it's her because goddamn, sometimes it's yeah. like, ooh, that's nasty. Lord of mercy, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I, I like to believe that girls growing up today, um, Though though representations of women in hip hop are still highly sexualized, um, there's at least a greater representation in general. So there's yeah. like a little girl growing up today could be like, oh, I can be a rapper because like they see the music videos, they hear, they watch the YouTube, you know, they see they see women doing this thing. Whereas when I was growing up, it was like, look at Missy Elliott flailing around in some trash bags on MTV. <laughs> And uh, I, I can't stand the rain, you know, like, not, and that was, and that was effectively it in terms of my exposure to women in hip hop. Yeah. I mean, Little Kim was definitely. Little Lil Kim, Kim Fox, yeah. Little Kim Lil definitely, Kim and Foxy yeah. Brown. Like it was, all three of them were like around the same, you know what I mean? The same time period. So like, I, cause I remember back then being a little bit older than you, like Missy was like the breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like because of the hypersexuality. Because you know, Little Kim kind of came out the gate with the hypersexuality thing, and then obviously, when something's popular, you have a bunch of, you know, like people like that kind of imitate. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of seemed like that was a saturation. So by the time Missy Elliott came around, it was like, yo, I'm just doing like these crazy wild videos, and I'm in a trash bag, and I'm you know wilding out and shit. It was like, oh man, that's cool. It's like quirky and weird, and you know what I mean? It was like an alternative. But but how do you um? How do you, do you do you feel any kind of way like uh, the same way that certain images are proliferated throughout hip hop? Like you know, sometimes when we talk about um, like the glorification of gang life and, and gang imagery and, and stuff like that, do you think that kind of that same sort of thing is hap- might be happening on any level with uh, like in the mainstream with female artists? Like the proliferation of so. the yeah, I do think so. I think that um, there's like a there's a there's a sense of like to be hard in this industry, there's like a couple different ways. It's like, got a lot of money, I'll fuck you up. I like, you know, I bang, I like, I'm strapped. Or like, like, I, or I get it in and like, <laughs> I, I not own that. In terms yeah. of like female rappers, it's like, I'm gonna show you I'm a hard bitch. Cause like, 
I'm gonna get into some pretty graphic detail about like what's yeah. about to go down when the lights go off kind of thing. Like I do think that is a very predominant. Um, it's like a trope at this point. Almost, it's it's a know? trope of the yeah. lyrics and the music videos. Um, but then, but like you know, we have people like Princess Nokia mm. that like are also owning like female representation in a very um, just uh, out like outside the box way of like what your body can be like and like owning that mm. and just owning different you know what you wear you know it's like different kind of stuff like that. Um, I think that we are even if even if it's mostly within the underground, just like expanding notions of femininity within hip-hop of recent. And I think that's good. It's good. I mean, it might take a while to tr- trickle into the mainstream. And depending on how you define mainstream, someone like Princess Nokia is highly popular. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting, we're broadening the horizon, I think. I think that we're getting towards, like, novel forms of storytelling um, and different, like, individual representations, different ways women can look in hip-hop. But it's ultimately a battle against, like, what capital rewards. Like, I think that we do see a lot of sexualized imagery and, like, lyricism among women because, like, that's what will get you on, that's what will get you, you know, uh, play, you know, uh, universal music will drop that. Sony was going to drop that, you know? No doubt. It's the reason that you see, you know, the violent imagery and the gun imagery. It's with the, it's with the market demands, you know what I mean? It's with the market rewards, so that's what the market's going to get. So we are going to take a little break, and then when we get back, we're going to have Kathy Andalay, and we're going to talk to her about women in hip-hop and her book, God Save the Queens. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? 
had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. So today we are chatting with author of the book God Save the Queens, The Essential History of Women in Hip Hop, Kathy Yandley. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I, I really need to invest in like a soundboard. So when I introduce people like that, I can like press like the audience sounds like, yeah, yeah. Like welcome you to the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, first thing that I, I want to ask is I always like to ask people because it interests me how did you get into hip-hop hip-hop as as just like a fan just from you know you know what what, what was it about hip-hop that piqued your interest to get into as a fan um you know i'm an 80s baby and when i kind of left the fog of the boy band era and i'm talking new kids on the block not backstreet boys because i'm that old um <laughs> I think that, I would say that, I would mark like 1989, you know, 88, 89, that, that, that period of time. The first video that I, I think I really just uh, gravitated towards was uh, Ladies First. And it was one of those things where I was like, wait, what's happening here, right? And I was only like 10 years old, but then it was in 92 with TLC, with Ain't Too Proud to Beg. And, you know, there was there were so many other songs and videos in between. But when I can say that I went from hip hop fan to hip hop head, mm-hmm. I would say it was during that period of time. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a it's a funny introduction because, you know, it like Angie Proudsabeg literally set the tone for my entire style up until Fuji Law, <laughs> which then changed it all up again and you know I, I was a Fuji's fan in between too um uh, Boof, for whatever reason Boof Boff was like, like I was like wow this is a great song and you know <laughs> because I was a Sister Act 2 fan yeah. and because of Lauren Hill but I think like I went through these like little periods of time where like if you start with it goes from like Ladies First Ain't Too Proud to Beg Fuji Law and then like No Time by Little Kim and, like I, yeah. I have very specific moments and there's the guys are in between too but you know we're we're here to talk about the ladies so I um you know keeping it topical but that was definitely I would say Ladies First so uh, so if Ladies First was like your the thing that made you go from just being a fan to like being a head mm-hmm. then is it is it fair to say that like strong female oriented hip hop was kind of like the thing that that opened your eyes to like what what the possibilities of what could be done with the genre it was more uh, yes but it was also a relatability factor because you know it 
it was aspirational at that point where it's like, oh, I could be that cool one day, right? And I think that that was, that was one of the things that also, because if you're thinking about that time period too, I was like a big fan of a different world and everything that was going on, um, the whole like flower child era of hip hop, like there was, there was like that conscious streak. Yeah, and it was through, a vibe you know? and it was it was different. It was fundamentally different from what I as a kid had been listening to. Mm-hmm. And I think what, you know, I grew up in um, a single parent household with my mom. So I was always drawn to strong female leads and I was, I was you know, raised an only child. So to be, to see that in other women even as a kid, it just, it was representative of my mother. It was representative of who I wanted to grow into, you know? And I can say I wasn't having like these really deep thoughts as uh, like a 10 year old, but, but I know throughout, yeah, throughout over the years, what, what always piqued my interest in the way of, um, of hip hop has always been what has connected to, connected with me based upon like my own values and, and, and the women around me and, and the woman I wanted to become. So then, okay, so now going from being like a hip hop head to actually being someone who is involved with like, you know, the hip, whether you want to say hip hop industry or hip hop culture, you're like, you know, in, you've been ingrained and involved in it for 20 years plus. So what was it that made you then make that transition? Well, as a kid, I, um, I might have written on a few walls. That might have been my first. Word up. My my, my first introduction to the. I, I see. To the elements, um, but you know, I as far as working in hip hop, I as a teenager, I um I, I worked at a record store, and my section was the hip hop section because of course, right? It was actually a hip hop and electronic, which was really funny because the the two beats that I would write about. Um, became hip hop and electronic music because okay. I just it was just cataloging and constantly knowing release dates and reading liner notes. It just became a fascination, and then from there I went and I worked at places like Fat Beats and um, and and things like that. But you know, I when I was 19, 18, 19, 19, mm. 19, yeah, nineteen. I started handing out flyers for the Roots and. Um, Promoting their Black Lily concert series. While I was Are you in, from Philly? I'm from Jersey. You're from Jersey. But um, Black Lily was also at the Wetlands in uh, in New York, and um, they were they were pushing, you know, Black Lily into '99. So I was like handing out flyers and doing all this stuff, and that's when um, you know things fall apart happen. They won the Grammy, all these things, and I I like literally hopped on at that point. And it became clear to me that in some way, shape or form, I, I wanted to become part of beyond, you know, the culture of hip hop, the industry of hip hop. Right. And it, contribute in some way. I knew I couldn't rap. And I certainly couldn't break. Um, so I um, and I really tried and failed when I was at Fat Beats to DJ. I could do a little something, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know. Put any put put a DJ in front of my name unless it's DJ Tanner. Um, (laughs) But but I I during that period of time too is when I got started in writing and there were so many people who were part of the Roots OK Player uh, message boards who were magazine editors and writers and did all that kind of stuff and 
you know, I was a writer. I always wrote. As a little kid, I always, you know, had journals, and I, I was a writer. And I was do like, well, wait a minute. Do you remember what your first, like, story was? I do. I covered, um, you remember when the uh, graffiti writers were, um, were tagging on trucker caps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first story was a little write-up about um, how that was, like, returning to I fashion. I had a friend who did that, too. Like, oh, for real? Made, yeah, he made some good money doing that. Um, we're, yeah. we're based in uh, Georgia. I live in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, uh-huh. And um, my co-host lives in Athens. So, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah and that, that was, like, that was hot. Like, you would go through Soho, and it's, like, all the, like, old-school um, graffiti writers were, like, you know, tagging up on hats and stuff. And I remember um, I had one that... Um, this one particular writer named Knack, he tagged my old tag name on it. And I thought that that, I thought that was like the coolest thing. And they used that as the image for my mag, for my article. Oh, word. Yeah. So, so then from there on, it just, you just, it just started it growing, just, it, growing. I just kept going from there. And um, that was my first print article. But I, I actually entered in a really weird period of time for, for journalism in general, because I realized that I could pursue journalism at a time where the internet was kind of like figuring itself out and yeah. we had a lot of those like were they live journals back then it was something there was there were something was going on that was like kind of like you know the predecessor to blogs yeah and I used the OK player message boards there was a section called the lesson and um, I used that section to sit and write my own little wannabe op-eds and stuff. And, and it just, you know, it, it kind of continued from there until I I mean, you feel it help, like something like that helps you develop like a writing voice though, right? Absolutely. Or- and, and I think that was the biggest, um, the weirdest thing to, when you, when you were at certain magazines who want to eliminate voice mm-hmm. from pieces because there's like this uh, uniform voice. That is was- that like a, is that like a thing where they, they try to, Take like the, the the uniqueness out of the write, uh, writing styles and stuff. Depending on the section of the magazine, when you're getting started out, there's a, there's the front of the book, you know, the FOB that's got one voice, you know, and then you go to the middle where you get more of the features, and then towards the end is where reviews typically. And I'm I'm, I'm judging. I'm going by the source in Double XL for for speaking yeah. in hip hop. Um, Oh, I didn't mention that at the beginning that you've, you've written for the source Double XL, Rolling Stone, The Guardian, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Um, Couple places. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, you know, we got the first writing assignment and it's been going since then. So, obviously, we're skipping a bunch, but when we get to the point of your sitting down to write God Save the Queens, what... What has it inspired you to like? Because I mean, when you, whenever anybody takes an endeavor like that, you know, something with something like that, I'm I'm kind of talking about it from a sort of artist, mm-hmm. you know, perspective. So it's like you, as the artist, you're about to partake in creating a book. Like, what is it that made you feel like, hey, this is something that I need to do, and now? Well, originally I wanted to do it in 2009 ish. Oh, okay. 2008, okay. So 2009. It, it had been in the works for like a long time. Yeah, but publishers just weren't feeling it. Like, they didn't know... Because I, I kind of wanted to do it during a time period where there was a lull in that one female hip-hop artist, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the one that the, everybody yeah. always talks about, the one. And when I was thinking about this book, it was, like, one of those things where there was no current 
person who was like at the top, right? So this is what you said, like, oh, nine. Yeah, this was like literally minutes before Nicki Minaj blew. Like, you know, 2008, <laughs> she was doing her thing on the mixtape circuit. But, you know, 2009 was like the year, right? That yeah, led into yeah. 2000, uh, 2010. And yeah, I, I was like, I was like just too late at that point. And I think um, I put it on hold. And it over the years, I covered, you know, um, women in hip hop as my primary beat, like just constantly trying to bring new um, new female hip hop artists to the surface while still, you know, um, giving flowers to all the legends and, and, and that kind of continuous coverage. And then, no, an artist came to me and wanted me to do her book and it, uh, it didn't materialize. And then... You know, I had an agent by then and, and he was like, you know, is there like a thing you've been kind of sitting on? And I was like, well, you know, I've been sitting on this idea of, of a book on women in hip hop. He's like, that's the book. Like, create the first one so the rest can like they can be broken up into individuals. Like there's no there's no Bible, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So that's really where it came back around. So when you say that you were kind of put, you know, trying to see what was up with it back then, and you said like publishers weren't feeling it. Yeah, because there's. Do you think a book... it was because it was about women in hip hop? No, I think it was because they didn't they didn't know how to create the story. So there's a book called Girls Like Us that um, talks about uh, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon, right? And it's like three representative women in that like folk rock singer songwriter genre genre. Yeah. And I was asked to think of three, right? Oh, three women in hip hop? Oh. And that could have... So you could say Queen Latifah, Lauryn Hill, and Little Kim, let's say, right? But then you've left out MC Light. And Salt and Pepper. And Salt and Pepper. And Roxanne Chante. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so then you could say Roxanne Chante, Salt and Pepper, and Queen Latifah. But then you've left out MC Light. You've left out Moni Love. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Yes. So, and then there was like this thing where it could be like, okay, so representatives, right? So you could go beginning, middle, and then who was the last, like, who was the, the looking ahead? Mm. And in theory, that could have been at that point Nicki Minaj. But there, you know, at that point, there was also just, we didn't know. Mm. We didn't know what was to come. We didn't know any of it so i think you know that was that was the biggest struggle and and yeah i think it might have a lot to do with women in hip-hop it it could have to do with women in general it could do with black women like there's there's so many different reasons why publishers act the way they act and i'm just i'm glad that it finally happened but in putting a book together and you take a look back and now you've got four decades of coverage that you have to be responsible for accurately covering. That became, it was like, oh, what did I sign up for? <laughs> but I mean, do you, how do you think it's been received? I mean, people really like it. It's so funny because I'm just going to say it. There's always like a random white dude who will pull some like female rapper out of obscurity and be like, you forgot about. And I'm just like, it's, al it's always that dude that will try to like, don't don't forget you know so and so had bars and it's just like all right cool like if you wrote a history on hip-hop in general did um how's your how's your ski chapter going 
Yeah, like I, I that's I was just about to I was, I was gonna make that same analogy. It's like I, I kind of look at it as you know, hip hop is like a, a history book that has its chapters, and it's like it doesn't. It's not somebody not being in that history book isn't a denigration to exactly. their art or their contribution no more than it is for like you personally to not be in a like actual classroom history book yeah. you know what i mean and like shout out to skilo because you know <laughs> i too wish i was a little bit taller but like but it's like <laughs> but it's like honestly like don't come to me and ask me why silky fine wasn't in the book yeah, you know. Like, you know, and shout out to Silky <laughs> Fine, too, because Romeo and Juliet was a jam. But I, you know, there's, I, I had a whole chapter that had to get cut from the book where, you know, I was carrying on about conscious daughters and nonchalant and even Nana Cherry, you know. Oh, no. um, so that kind of, it just put a, a hard pause, um, like, looking for that kind of feedback because it was only, and it was only going to make it a matter of just like trying to like prove that they like you don't have to know every single female rapper in history to make a good history book about female rappers yeah i mean i i used to one of the things i used to do is like i would go into record stores into the hip-hop section and just like i'd spend like an hour two hours just looking at the sheer volume of stuff that has been released through time i mean right. there's so many cats that dropped one album or two albums like 20 years ago yep. that you know unless you discover it for yourself personally it kind of will be lost in time so you can't really i don't know how you can have that expectation that if somebody's making like an essential guide it's like got the word essential in it for a reason you know you can't have everything right it's just in you know even there are there are a lot of um, you know female MCs that should all have mention like you know Miss Melody and mm. like I tr I tried I tried but it, it was you know and I made sure that if there wasn't a whole chapter or something like that then at least there was a mention yeah to kind of just be like you know this this happened you know but it's, it's hard. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Or what do you think of the evolution of female rap as the years have progressed? I think that it's been very... And I hate saying that because I'm, I'm on some, like, I'm on some, you know, dogmatic hip-hop shit. So, I'm uh, you know, I'm looking at people as MCs, and I hate putting the word female before the word MC. Well, just as long as you didn't say but. femc, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think that it's very much in line with what's going on in hip hop in general. Mm. You know, you have you have your artists who um, remain closer to the core of hip hop culture. You have your artists who are categorically pop music because hip hop is now the dominant genre, so it's pop anyway, right? Um, you have the artists who who mess with uh, other genres and incorporate that into their their sound and style. You know, you have you know, conscious artists, you have sex positive artists. Sometimes you have a conscious sex positive artist. I mean, I, it's just very much in line with what's going on. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of everything because now we, we are given the luxury of having multiple women in the space um, where it's not necessarily pointing it out. Like, wow, look at all the ladies. Like, it's not, that's, it's, we, around, you know, maybe like 2019, about two years ago, that was like the cool observation, right? It's not an observation anymore. Now women are just women uh, winning. Yeah. So who would you say is like, or among some of your favorite contemporary uh, female hip hop artists? Well, see, my contemporary for me is still some of the legends who are like still doing it. Like still I'm, doing it. yeah, like well, I mean, mean that, that counts. I mean, I'm not. I, when I say contemporary, I just mean people who are still doing it. I don't mean somebody who's new. Right. I mean, I. I love Lil Kim, like, right. uh, like up and down, you know. And I do, and I, I love Nicki Minaj too. Um, but I love Meg. 
I um, I love Rhapsody with all my heart and soul. Shout out to my sister Rhapsody. Um, yeah, Rhapsody's dope. I there's it's funny because there's so many women now that cater to different parts of my personality. And I love I love that we have that option again, like all this like diversity. Like I love no name. Um, or I love Cash the Hall. Uh, Dreezy. Dreezy's my girl. Shout out to Dreezy. And shout out to Cash we, too. We've covered no name like a lot yeah. on the show. No name is dope. Um, yeah. I love Lotto too. Big Lotto. She's dope too. Like I think like there's just there's a there's just I, I can listen now I can listen with a different ear. Even Ruby Rose. Like I or, like it, it's you can you listen and you're like oh you can hear the history and sometimes we don't we don't think automatically like when you listen to this uh, when you listen to city girls right i hear trina i, yeah, I hear kim right and i think that it's cool to it's cool that that's happening you know and yeah. the thing that was also really cool is in um Cardi and Meg's uh, WAP video, just all the other um, women in hip hop that they had in there. Like Sukihana was in there. Like there's, it's just cool. Like yeah. what's happening right now is just dope. And I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that I can even hear a couple of songs and be like, okay, like, and be put on in ways that I might not have been. Like I, that silhouette challenge is literally the way that I heard a Doja Cat song. Yeah. You know, and. I don't, you know, I I know that there's a couple of other Doja Cat songs I've heard in the past. You know, um, there's like that, oh, Say So, right? But when I heard her rapping on that, I was like, oh, that's kind of like a left eye flow, you know? <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you about that because I think that left eye is truly underrated for how dope she was as a rapper. <laughs> left eye is everywhere. Like, I, when I hear Cardi B, I hear left eye. Word. That's that's so I never I never thought about the left eye Cardi B comparison. But. Left eye is one of my favorite um, female MCs in history, and nobody gives her the credit she deserves because oh, yeah. she was well, in TLC. So? She was in TLC. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's because it, you know it has that. It, I mean, it's just when people think of TLC, they just they th they think of it as like a R and B or a pop group. So you know, people forget that just about every song like Left Eye had at least twelve bars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I did a piece years back that TLC was the female Public Enemy. Ooh, that's a where that's Left a nice Eye was a combination of Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Okay, yeah, that that that's that's one hundred percent. That's but Baby on. Baby Baby ruined our dreams of. TLC being just a rap group with Left Eye at the forefront with the bars and mm. Chili and T-Boz singing in the back. That's, was that what it was supposed to be? Well, Left Eye was... Um, T-Boz and Left Eye were the first two members, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a third girl named Crystal. And I didn't work out with Crystal. So it's the reason why Chili... Her real name is Rosanda. It's the reason why her first name... It doesn't have the same letter like Tion, T-Boz, Lisa, Left Eye, Chili, uh, Crystal. Ah, I see. You know, but it was it yeah. was like, you know, that's why Rosanda, like, you know, she joined the fold later. That's what I did. I had no, I like, I didn't even know that that was, because now that I think about it, I just think about how dope 
that would be and somebody should try to do that like a right. uh, a group like that but where the the, the rapper is the lead oh man well you know sounds... um the fugees had four members originally um wasn't was it a fourth girl named marcy no i didn't know about that. yeah and then marcy left and then it just became praha's wyclef and lauren oh man did she leave before they blew up i mean do you remember marcy I hope she's well, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Marcy might have actually been there before Lauren because Lauren's brother, Milani, he was the one who I think brought her in because he knew Wyclef and Praz. I think that's how the story went. I heard something about Akon was supposed to be a member, but he got locked up, thus locked up, so he wasn't there or something like that. I mean, anyway, this. (laughs) That would have been a cool group. That really would have been like a super group in hindsight. Um, so do you do you see us being at a point where maybe like four or five years down the line, maybe, you know, the the dominant, most popular form of rap is you know, female rap and that there's like that's like the 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 game. <laughs> that's been the game, but people are just afraid to say it. So if in five years from now, maybe they'll be the most, will they'll be more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Women have, have tapped into every single part of, you know, hip hop society. I mean, for God's sakes, find me a male rapper who has a, a piece of political history, like the sister soldier moment. They don't have that. You know, we, we women in hip hop have tapped into every single aspect of everything. And in this, even this year, the most controversy because you know hip-hop causes controversy but what's the most controversy wop literally yeah right you know so no women women are the top like that's it's it's a because most of the the dudes like um a lot of the men are are singing now and calling it rap you know so if we're talking about someone who's just literally straight spitting it's women it's not men. Because when women do the singing thing, they become an R&B artist. Lauren Hill. I mean, I gave her two chapters in my book. She's the only artist outside of Roxanne Chante that has two chapters in my book. You know, Lauren, Lauren Hill, for me, I became a Lauren Hill fan. I had a, I have a very specific story of why I even, how I, I, I came to know Lauren Hill's music. Um, so one of my friends, when I was growing up and um, in grammar school, I was like seventh grade, eighth grade. It was like, it was right before Sister Act 2. So Sister Act 2 was like 92. So we're talking like 91. So um, a friend of mine, his cousin was somebody in the in Grand Puba squad. Like I want to, maybe DJ Alamo, somebody, like somebody in that um, collective. And he said to me, he was like, you know, there's um, there's a female uh, rap- a rapper coming out of New Jersey and they call her Elle. And I was like, really? Because I was just getting into, you know, hip hop at that, that time. It was like, I was one to two years off uh, Ladies First. It was before, actually before TLC. Because TLC was 92. Yeah. And um, he was like, yeah, he's like, and she's really good. And I, I have this like tape and, you know, and, and um, he played me some rough. And it was when Lauren was doing that, you know, 
that that boof buff, like that ow, like that kind of like that <laughs> weird like you know like yeah like when y, like Wyclef was instructing her cadence and I was like Bleh. but um <laughs> but it was it was that kind of and I was, but I was still like ooh like cool right yeah and then um his like I was just always keeping up with what was going on with Lauren Hill or the lady they call L which is really funny because. If you listen to uh, the ladies in the house, um, big cap song, at the end when they're doing the the um, the roll call and it was like Bahamadia unique and it was, and um, they go through each uh, precise and they're like and the lady they call L and like they that's what they literally call her and that's how I came that's how I was um, introduced to her the uh, lady they call L right yeah and then you know since she was he was like yeah she's gonna be in a movie. And I was a Sister Act fan. We were in we were in Catholic school, so I was a Sister Act fan. And then, you know, I um, for some of our younger listeners, Lauren Hill was in Sister Act two. It was way before your time. Yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so there's a scene in Sister Act two where Lauren Hill comes out into the playground. She's like, "I got the flow. I got the flow." And then <laughs> she, you know, the here I go on the microphone about to wreck it, right? And I was like, "I know that whole." You want to hear? Oh, yeah. this? Was crazy. So there's a part where she goes, but if beboppers want to rock, I kick some monk or some miles. It's because of that verse that I started listening to Thelonious Monk. Lauren Hill put me on to every other artist. Anything that Lauren Hill mentioned, I listened to. Um, I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on your microphone. I started listening to Nina Simone. But it's because Lauren read so much and listened to so much and learned about so much. So when you listen to the lyrics, they almost sound like they're contradicting each other, but Lauren makes the through line. Kathy, thank you for talking with me. Um, what, do you, what, uh, what do you have coming up or going on right now? Well, it's funny you should say that. I'm holding. So I have well, my book, God Save the Queens, is out now on paperback. Hmm. Um, and then on August 17th, uh, Baby Girl, hmm. better known as Aliyah can't show that in there. That's your, your new book? Yeah, it's coming out oh. August 17th. It's on the life of Aliyah. And um, I actually, in November, have um, an oracle card deck that I designed with the amazing Monica Ahananu. And it's uh, the Hip Hop Queens Oracle deck where I've taken the women from God Save the Queens, as well as um, other prominent like hip hop adjacent women like Mary J. Blige, you know, mm. um, and other artists, Aliyah. And um, we made an oracle card deck and I wrote the guidebook so that you can like pull a card and based on the attributes of the artist and their career, like you can get like uh, your, your intention <laughs> for the day. Dope. And then I have another big major project that um, is going to be announced soon. But um, and where can people find you? Um, I'm across all social media platforms at Kath3000, K-A-T-H-3-0-0-0. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with us, yo. Thanks for having me. No problem, yeah. This has been really dope. So that is it for us this week. We will be back next week, and it will... I have a feeling next week's probably going to be pretty pretty heavy, whatever it is we, whatever it is we cover. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Hey, yo, Joel, drop that. Yeah. Oh. I don't even know what the... Yo. Uh, wait, no reparations. 
We ain't no reparations. Yo. This this is Flex Beat. See you next week. Listen to the raps first. Don't just leave. Thank you for tuning in. Can't wait to do again. That was the proven win. Freestyle or use a pen. I go from Frodo to Green Street Hooligan. More African than Toto. Please don't fool with him. Cops on my tail, but I think that I'm losing him. And it's record heat outside, so I use a swim. Ooh, I think it's in my reach. That's what I'm doing. I'ma see you all next week. I'ma end the shit. I don't even have to speak. Take my black ass right to Savannah Beach. Peace. <laughs> hey, I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. We are waiting on reparations. See, See you next, next week. week. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.